this is Brett Fish and welcome to another episode of Out of the Fish Bowl. This is a bonus episode and I want to give a special shout out to Chris Kuntz and Shed Studios where we are recording this special episode. With me in the studio, guest conversationalist from Solar Pop, we've got Etienne LaRue. Hi Etienne, thanks for coming in. How's it Brett? And looking forward to chatting to him in a little bit. But the, the reason for this episode is the World Catan Championships. And for those of you that have heard of the game Settlers of Catan, that might have a little bit of meaning. Um, but if you haven't, stay tuned because we're going to be talking about how a beautiful little board game is resulting in me flying across to Malta in about two weeks' time now to compete in the World Catan Championships. But at the same time, season three of Out of the Fishbowl is literally just around the corner, and episode one is going to drop on the 7th of November. So if you are up to some provocative and challenging conversations about life and love and justice and living well, make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Out of the Fishbowl. So what is Catan and how has it led to me being flown to Malta to compete in a world championship event? Find out all of this in an episode that I call... Bonus episode, The Settling of Catan. So, Settlers of Catan, interesting game. It's not even called that anymore, and, and we'll get to that in a moment. But I actually, fun story, I learned how to play this game as a German game called Die Siedler von Catan. One of my youth guys, Steve Taylor, had it. Um, he lived in Stellenbosch, and I remember him introducing to me this thing to me, and it had these cards with writing on. There are only five cards in the game, so it, it didn't matter too much that it was a German game. It's mostly about shapes and pieces that you can look at, longest road, biggest army, so it's a very visual game. And then I just had to trust him on whatever he said these, these cards were about. But I remember playing it and thinking, this is amazing. Um, before that, I used to be big on Risk and maybe things like Monopoly, and Cluedo, all of the kind of old school games, but there was something different about the Settlers of Catan. And the designer, Klaus Tuber, um, designed this in 1995, I think it was in Germany. And the way I see it is that Catan has, has revolutionized board gaming. And so pre-Catan, every board game had one purpose. So in Risk, you try to beat the enemy. In Monopoly, you try to get the most money. In Cluedo, who did it? And then this game came along where the board is interchangeable. So the board is made up of these hexagonal pieces that each one represents a different one of the resources that are in the game. So it's brick and wheat and sheep and ore and wood. And you reset the board every game. So you shuffle the pieces and deal it out. And so no two games look the same. And then you put little numbers on the pieces. And at the intersection of the pieces, every time the dice is thrown, if you are on a piece that has that number on, you are getting that resource. And so what made Catan different was firstly, the board is different every single time. Secondly, there are a few different ways to win. So it wasn't that idea of you do the one thing and you win. There's 10 victory points that you have to get and everyone has to get 10 victory points to win. But you could do that by expanding and getting longest road, or you could do that by, by kind of consolidating in one place, building up some cities and going for largest army. And so suddenly there's this game where, where as you enter the game, you don't enter it with a strategy. You've got to react to how the board looks. You've got to react to how other players are playing. And so it became a lot more about strategy. And, and Catan kind of became this gateway to what are multi-billion dollar industry games around the world. And so they're kind of, I, I see it as there are two kinds of people in the world. You have people that when you say board games, they'll go, ah, oh, yes, Monopoly. And, and people who play Catan and Great Western Trail, Terraforming Mars, all these later games will kind of look down on them and think that they are the real gamers. And so it's created this kind of of 
kind of these two levels of things and maybe Etienne I can just bring you in there like how has your experience been of that like does that feel like a fair assessment of before and after for you definitely I mean my uh, experience with board games when I got into this industry was you know if you'd ask someone hey what do you what do you play board game wise it would be 30 seconds risk monopoly and you know some of those games don't always end in the best way like especially monopoly if uh, if you get together as a family and someone manages to you know outplay everyone else you kind of have to go find something else to do while everyone carries on this game so it's created a like this weird um, sort of environment for people uh, especially if they're new to board games you know to kind of you know if they're not enjoying the game um anymore to do something else you know to go sit around and wait for something to finish you know so uh Catan coming along was a huge uh, you know almost like a breath of fresh air um my first experience was you know funny enough uh hearing about it i think in the same time frame as you i think in the late uh, well the early 2000s uh, it this game came into my into my onto my radar and i think with big bang theory there was that <laughs> infamous episode where sheldon was you know making the wood jokes and all of that and i remember we were in simonstown for a for a weekend away and i actually proceeded to sneak away from my family get in a car drive all the way to a local hobby shop that had stock to go buy the game and uh, we proceeded to play it the whole weekend and people just absolutely fell in love with this game and mind you, that was when it was still Settlers of Catan. Uh, but it's a fantastic game. It's one of the best gateway games, I think, that exists on, on this planet. So, yeah, and it's definitely something I would suggest people to to look into. If they haven't, you know, played it, really, you know, try and get your hands on it and, and play with your family and friends. Yeah, so I'm chatting to Etienne LaRue, who is the product manager of Solarpop, and, and maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that in the moment. But the one thing I realized or remembered as you're talking is that there's Settlers of Catan. When I play Catan these days, I like to play Cities and Nights, which is what we call an expansion. And an expansion, if done well, I think, takes the original game and continues the feel of the game but kind of gives you some other avenues to pursue another one that i think did really well was lords of Waterdeep, where the game in expansion still feels like the same game dominion has done that but there there are a number of expansions of games where they kind of change the game completely and, and you're no longer playing the same game how do you think the kind of expansion market has has kept people interested and or do you think people should be just purists and, and stick with the basic katan or for you personally like like where do you expansions fit in there's something for me very um, beautiful about the base version of Catan. It's elegantly designed and it's balanced in a lot of ways for me. Um, I always prefer to tell people that once they, they've experienced normal Catan to kind of segue into seafarers, from there hit up cities and knights or traders and barbarians. Uh, there's so many different ways you can spice up your Catan experience. But I think just the standard one uh, with, you know, if you want to even go and add more people to it, I mean, a five, six player experience of Catan is also pretty cool uh, and then um, yeah I, I, I just think that there's other versions also I mean one of my favorite sort of spin-offs is the Game of Thrones uh, version of Catan where you have this beautiful 3D printed uh, not 3D printed but molded wall um, you know and you have all these interesting cards that change the dynamic of the game so it's like they've begged and, begged and borrowed from various different expansions and, and merged it into their variant um, but the latest one I think that's out is Dawn of Humankind which also looks excellent um i haven't played it but uh i mean there's so many different variants and flavors um you know it's uh you, you've got a lot of options available right now to enjoy the game 
Yeah, you mentioned the term gateway game, which I think I did as well. And I think for a lot of people, like people that maybe don't know Catan, they're listening to this and they think board games, there's five or six that come to mind. And you mentioned Game of Thrones, and I could maybe liken it to series or even kind of the spaces that drop series. Because back in the day, there was Netflix. So everyone knew Netflix, that's the thing. And now there's Hulu and there's Apple and there's Marvel and Disney and all these different spaces. And you can't actually keep up with the series that are available. And so you almost just have to find a few series that work for you, work on recommendations with other people and I think that's the same with games because if you come to some, some up-to-date people you work with games you'll know this but most people don't the amount of board games that are being released and created every day is actually like it becomes a bit mind-blowing if you get to go visit a comic con or something like that or even just watch YouTube videos overseas and you just see like piles and piles and piles of boxes and that can feel quite intimidating and so maybe speak a little bit into this gateway nature like I play a game called Terraforming Mars on a good game we can have three, four-hour game, and that can really intimidate somebody who is maybe used to Monopoly and Risk. So how do how do people get into, even just as you're throwing out those names, you've got barbarians and you've got traders and cities and knights, and people are sitting there being overwhelmed. It's like, just, just lead me gently through that. And even as a non-gamer or somebody that we'd call maybe a post-Catan gamer, if you sit and watch a game, like a lot a lot of time I find people are, oh, let me just watch a few, a few rounds and I'll pick it up. It's like, no, you won't pick it up. You need to get a degree almost um, and really the most helpful thing for me is having somebody who's played the game explain it to you because even the rule book if you buy a new game pick up the rule book it is going to be intimidating these things are big and hefty for me that's what I love about it I love the the strategy I love the multiple ways to victory I love all of understanding the different dynamics of the game I think of like Terraforming Mars has maybe a thousand cards and so each game has multiple playability because you're never going to get the same situation twice but but where does how do we how do we help people to get into that space I know before we came in here we were talking about how do we how do we take something that we love that is an amazing hobby for us we've got mates that we invite around to come play games how do we add to that number how do we get general kind of mainstream people across South Africa going hey let me try that without feeling fully intimidated or blown away by people that have been playing hundreds of hours of these games? So um, the way that we look at board gaming in general uh, from a solo pop perspective is that we've boiled uh, it down to, like I would say, our core selection of product, which, I mean, you can go check out on, on our website and you'll see under the core selection, there's some really, really good titles, including Catan, but other sort of core gateway games like Ticket to Ride comes to mind, Quirkle, which is a fantastic um, game. I mean, Bananagrams, I mean, the list goes on and on. These are all icebreakers in my opinion. So when you are in an environment with family and friends and it's their first time playing a game, you obviously don't want to, uh, you know, whip out, you know, Ark Nova or, you know, something like uh, crazy intense. Um, and so, yeah, these gateway games, I think, really help people experience um, the, this new generation of board games. And I think once you open that door, the bug bites, and then they'll ask her what else is there. And then usually the next step from our core range um, is our recommended range. Then you start going into, you know, your Terraforming Marses as an example. Uh, one of my most favorite gateway games that I love, uh, you know, introducing people to is a game called Space Base, which is just so addictive and so easy to teach. And I think those are the games that I would like to 
you know, put forward for anyone if they have a collection of board games that if you're having a bra or friends over, you know, get games in that are like quite light on rules and are easy to explain and most importantly fun because that is what it should be about. Um, you don't want people sitting around the table and getting, you know, flashbacks from, you know, high school having to study now like, oh, I'm not figuring out these rules. But there's also yet something quite rewarding to that if you if you put the time and effort in to learn how to sort of teach the game when the lights go on or you can see the, the the eyes flicker you know like when they figure out the rules and they understand okay this is how the game works this is how i can you know win or you know play well um that's when i think it shines um but yeah i think just in general there's so many good games out there but you know we stick to our core and our recommended ranges which are all cherry picked i mean this is uh, data that we've used from you know sales information from over the years so these are really good games um, and if you can go look on websites like uh, Board Game Geek which I recommend you'll see that a lot of these games get very high ratings and yeah so that's my I love I love what you said about the the eyes flickering and and there is that sense when you teach someone a new game, especially if it's a game that they maybe feel daunted by. The uh, we we call it the learning game, your first game of a big game. Assume you're going to lose and just pick up the rules so that by the second time you play, you can start having a lot of fun with it. And if people go in with that mindset, then they don't really mind usually getting smashed in the first game. They're just trying to pick it up. And a lot of these games, you've got to play through two or three times to kind of start to understand the game, even though the game is different all the time. You've got the strategy that picks up. And so I love that idea. And I've seen it with my friends um, introducing a new game. And, and round one, they just completely overwhelmed. And by the third round, they, they're starting to get the dynamic. Um, often the games have a mechanic or an engine and you start to see how this feeds that and that leads to that and that helps me with that and you start to understand the game and then when they they come to sec the second game they love it i've had so many friends who they have that game experience and they go out and buy the game like after just one one try that ended dismally for them but there's that sense of i learned this i like this i want to do it again with my friends and so you mentioned well i've mentioned that you from solar pop but that's one of those if you know you know kind of things so for people who don't know what who, who's solar pop what are you doing and where is your scope in South Africa at the moment? Sure. Uh, Solar Pop is, uh, a, well, I would say, uh, is a combination of essentially when the we were, uh, well, I was working for Sky Castle at, at one stage. So I don't know if that name rings a bell. It's quite uh, many yeah, moons yeah. ago. Yeah. And uh, Solar Pop is a combination of three companies that uh, formed Solar Pop, which was Sky Castle, BoardGames.co.za, which might also ring a bell, and Blowfish, uh, which at, at that stage did a lot of trading uh, card game uh, distribution. And and uh, yeah, we formed one entity. Solar Pop Distribution has been around for for quite some time now, and we've just been able to grow this industry um, by you know converging all our efforts um, to 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 not just marketing but sales. I mean, we're selling into so many different channels across South Africa. We've got our hobby stores, but we're also into a lot of the mass channels, like for instance, you know, your Toy Kingdoms uh, and all of those sort of great stores. So yeah, it's uh, it's good to be able to put things like for instance out there and for people to uh, experience the you know having more variety than just your normal monopolies and 30 seconds on shelves uh, but yeah I, solar pops just you know constantly adding more publishers to our portfolio um it's just it keeps growing and like you said it's sometimes very hard to keep track uh, and to keep up to speed with how big the industry is overseas and I still feel that South Africa is very much developing and growing so as we um, you know open up 
you know, board gaming to the more general market, I think you're just going to see more and more great games um, come through uh, solo pop and into the market for people to be able to get their hands on it. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I think for me that that question remains in terms of trying to understand like how do we how do we get people into this? And I I know for me like when I'm learning new games, I made this rule when when I was in the states actually to never again buy a game that I hadn't played. I bought a game called Camel Up or Camel Cup, depending on on how you like. You may know the game, and and I got it, and I was very disappointed. Um, it is a, it is one of those kind of icebreaker games that you mentioned, but it got amazing reviews online. People were loving it. It was an expensive game, bought it, and it was like okay. And so for me, it became about playing games with friends and and when you get a community of gaming friends then each of you can own five games 10 games 20 games whatever it is and between you you own 100 200 games and it starts to build up that way it's a very easy way to get introduced to new games i've got some friends who get some of the latest games from overseas and so it's really handy to and especially because one of them adil who i'm sure you know is um house sitting his games at my house um or a lot of them um so i'm babysitting them for him and and when you when you have good relationships with people you'll you'll lend games actually and it becomes something that you can you can start to learn new things but for somebody just getting in it's it's really tough you if you walk into a game shop that has even even something like exclusive books that they just have 20 games standing there you'll just stand in front of the shelves and not know what to do and you can read something and it can sound exciting but but in actual fact might not be the game for you and so i think i think the key is having people that play games but for people that that may be keen to kind of step into it um i know that there's a group of friends of mine that used to meet every friday at the protea hotel or at one time they were meeting at the at the waterfront it was like a meet and greet arranged through facebook so there are things like that but do you have any other other advice in terms of people you spoke about stores having games and things like that where can people learn how to play games before they feel okay i should buy this game i'm all for um people supporting their their local game stores uh, or flgs as, as the term is for it but uh yeah i think uh, you can easily go into any social media platform and follow the the stores in your area and usually there will be events that that are planned i mean even this this coming weekend there's an event at sword and board um, in milneton uh, where you know we'll be playing games all evening uh so yeah i think there's just so many options out there but i think predominantly a lot of people still play from home they feel that's their their comfort zone but yeah i encourage people to go out to different stores meet new people and experience different games and yeah so i think that's the best way and also if you're passionate about board gaming also host events you know uh we was we were speaking earlier about you know going outside the store environment also you know going into restaurants and cafes and those sort of things and i think that's where you'll experience board games also um a good friend of mine uh who does uh, a lot of board gaming events for instance at Bruce, um, uh, you know, so there's so many different ways that you can actually tap into the community and into the hobby. So, yeah. Yeah, one thing I've found, I haven't been kind of all over the world, but I, when, when I was in America, there are a lot of board game shops that host like games night. Tuesday night is board games and other nights might be other games and things like that. But but in my experience in America and in South Africa, definitely the, the game, the board gaming community are such a generous community in terms of new people stepping in, in terms of um, being being so happy to teach you the rules, to be patient with you as you learn it. Um, I found that at various different spaces where, where games are, I try to be that kind of person. Like I love teaching people new games, love seeing that glint that you spoke about and so so that feels to me like quite an easy in that when people find other people that are playing there's usually some kind of space and even at this Catan 
championships that we'll talk about. We'll move on to that. Um, after that, a number of us that competed uh, put together a WhatsApp group, and it's called Play More Catan. And we literally have a game that might be happening tonight. We're busy trying to pull people together. To Part of it was to help get me ready for the Worlds, um, but part of it was just like people kind of having that itching you spoke about like we need people to play more games people want to play more games and often don't know where or for me my best friends just moved across to the UK and so suddenly my, my games connections is one less and he was a guy that I'd play a lot of games with so how do we find those spaces to to tie more people in um, and as we're going to move to the, the the competition, but before we get there, just one thing I wanted to touch on, and and maybe not go too deeply in it, but but I I do love to use my podcast for speaking about matters of justice, and when it comes to settlers of Catan, one of the interesting things that I noticed is that it's not actually called that anymore, and for a lot of people that might not seem like the biggest shift, we haven't revolutionised justice in the board gaming industry, but I thought it was quite interesting and maybe quite key that a game that is seen as the gateway game, that is seen as one of the classics to most people they'll see Settlers of Catan was the game that introduced them to gaming or, or even if they don't play it or like it anymore it will have some part in their journey and that the the company took the decision to actually remove Settlers of and and just change it and so if you go online you can you can find it available as Catan and I know there's been a, a problematic nature with a lot of the games we play a lot of the board games um, we have games that are called worker placement or resource gathering and a lot of them deal with this problematic nature of colonization that took place in the world. And so the questions of justice, should board games kind of speak to that? Should they should they move away from promoting the idea? Um, it has, as somebody that's wrestled with justice, it has it has felt like, oh, should I be playing this game actually that, that deals with the problematic nature and then when I heard about Catan I haven't done too much in-depth research on this but I heard there's a new version in, in North America where they've actually included the First Nations people and I don't know if, if you've heard anything about that but it was a friend of mine who was big into justice and he was promoting Catan I was like yo that's strange that he would and then he spoke to me a little bit about that and I was like wow that's interesting that 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 the gaming creators are starting to look at matters of justice and I know even with a game like Monopoly it, it was created satirically um, to kind of speak against capitalism. It, it kind of maybe has that problematic nature of it promotes like the capitalism in the game. The person who has the most money wins. But but by by showing the disparity between those who have and those who have not so dramatically that people would play Monopoly all night and then board games would be thrown and friendships broken and families needing meetings to come together again. Like it's it's so amazing that that people are actually saying, wait, let's let's look at what we are saying within these games and actually we can we can create them a little better. We can create them maybe to even highlight some matters of justice or to to look a bit more critically at, at the way things are. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the decision uh, to move to Catan was a, a brand decision that they made. Um, I think at that stage also, you know, if you look at the you know the the corporation or the company Asmodee. They were yeah they're known for for buying publishers and and you know kind of uh, building onto the market. I mean they're probably one of the, like, they are the biggest um, you know sort of board gaming publishing group in the world. And um, so yeah, I think moving to the Catan as just the main brand, I think was a good move on their side because you know uh, it's 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 easier to market. I feel very strongly, and not to take away anything from the fact that Catan is sort 
sort of essentially set on this fantasy island, you know, that gets colonized by these settlers who are trying to, you know, build a better life for themselves. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can't take away from history. I think history is very important and you need to learn from from history. So in this regard, yeah, it's... Um, you know, I, for one, I'm, I'm very happy that, uh, you know, it's under just the brand Catan right now because there's just, like I said, with all the expansions that are out there, it's not just set in, you know, in our sort of world. There's the Game of Thrones world and uh, there's even a science fiction variant of Catan, you know. So there's so many different ways that, that people can get into the game. Yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah, I think that that is is really good that that we... No, that I mean, it's something that feels like it's just a hobby. It's just something we don't have to think about. And actually, it can be educational. I think of a game like Wingspan, which on, in a totally different vein is one of the most beautiful games out there, just these beautiful crafted cards. But actually, there's information about the birds that you're playing with. And so you can learn lessons. It's not the point of it isn't to try and trick you into education, but but there's there's education that's happening while you're playing. You can learn about different cultures, different areas, different currencies, things like that. And so I remember there was a game called Travel Go when I was growing up that it was quite an obscure game but from that game i it was all about flying to the different countries and i learned that lira is the currency that is in rome or was at the time it was so interesting that i never thought about that or i learned where pesos are used and things like that and so it never felt to me like an education but years later like i didn't learn that in school it's like oh i know currency from all these different places because of a board game i used to play and i think that's kind of an added bonus to the thing i think there's probably a danger where you could try get too educational and try and maybe lose the fun of it which as you said is like the heart of playing a game is to bring people together is to have fun together and I think some of the best games that I play now are games where if you can lose but celebrate the victor I'm very competitive and being a bad loser or even a bad winner are two things that I've really had to struggle with in my life in terms of trying to do better and if any of the people that play with me are listening they will be nodding and saying yeah there's still some work to go there I'm a lot better than I used to be um, but but there's some games where if we have, I think, Terraforming Mars, if we have a really tight game and three of us play and we finish this major scoring game, like all three points. I remember one game we played where four of us were one point away from each other. And even if you lose in that, you can you can celebrate the fact that different people using different strategies got to the same end point. And, and I, I think for me that's like if you can celebrate a game you lose, that for me is an absolute kind of victory. Um, I don't know how I don't know how you land on that. No, that's perfect. I mean, that's just showing you also just a well-designed game if if your games are that close but no i totally agree with you um i mean uh, i i think uh, just looking at the Qatar nationals event just the high level of play there and just seeing how professional and courteous everyone was during that tournament uh, it just shows me that we've got some really good talented players and even though some people got a little bit uh, heated uh, you know it's competition uh, you know you just got to separate that and just also realize that you're there to have fun you know for me gaming should be all about escapism you know you're trying to de-stress a little bit enjoy it with your family and your friends and try and get away from all the problems that you might be dealing with in your in your in your current life you know so yeah for me gaming is is that coping mechanism sort of you know so and that's just my personal input on it so i hear what you're saying when someone gets a bit too worked up they're passionate you know they've spent a lot of time or hours i mean some of these games like if you've played bigger games like twilight imperium that's a six hour uh, you know sort of endeavor yeah you uh, it's 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 hot it's it's like a gut punch when you get to hour five and you know one of the players just decides to just take out your whole fleet you know and you're like okay what did i do with five hours of my life you know but i um, mean it's all fun i mean that's what you should take away from it is yeah. just enjoy it 
We're talking about fun. Um, I think it feels like such a silly thing. It's something I'm super grateful for, and it's something that had a bit of a journey, and I'll speak into that in a moment. But I played a couple of board games in front of you a few weeks ago, and now I'm flying to Malta. Like, like let's talk about the ridiculousness of that. Um, it in a sense, is a bucket list item. Um, I've played, this is my third tournament, but it was the second tournament that had this as a prize on offer. And the last one was quite traumatic for me, not 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 in a big way, but but it felt like this is an unattainable thing. Even playing the final game, it's like, yeah, you know, there's four people, there's a certain amount of luck needed to, to be able to win. This is a game with dice, and so there's a lot of strategy involved. Um, then there's dice that make it completely random. And then there's a very political nature within the game, and I think I think a part of that was was how I won the final even before the game started, if if we want to go into that a little bit, but but those like it's such an interesting thing. But but talk to me about the ridiculousness of I went to a place, played some games, and now I'm being flown by you guys by Solar Pop, um, flying me to Malta. Yeah, I'm very very proud to say that you know we're we're thrilled to be able to to send you to Malta to go kick some ass and uh, win this thing for us for South Africa. But yeah, I think. Um, um, we want more of this to happen. I mean, and this is now the second time we've we've sponsored a, a trip over to a venue to for for a South African to take part in the into in the on the international scene. Um, but yeah, we we're hoping to continue with this endeavor. I mean, and as we mentioned earlier, to create more uh, environments or competitions and opportunities for people to play Catan competitively because you know it's such a you know a well designed game in so many different ways. There's so many different layers of strategy, etc. So. But yeah, just to get back to the point, um, yeah, I think you know the venue changes every year. I mean, Malta's beautiful, so I'm quite quite jealous. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think just looking at some of the attendance, you know, the countries that are going to be taking part. I mean, this is this is people from every corner of the world that's going to be here, and it just shows you just also like on a on a global scale how big board gaming is and how it's growing. So yeah, so I think this will definitely be something we'll be doing every year. Um, you know, and we work in partnership with uh, the, the the publisher. It's just something we we love to 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 give to people that are passionate like yourself to go over and compete and and do us proud. So yeah, yeah, thanks, man. So stoked. And yeah, I think the stokement is 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 largely inside at the moment because it's this whole thing of I said to you earlier, like I'll wait till I'm on the plane. It feels like at the last minute somebody's going to come along and go, oh well, actually that can't happen. I'm like, passports in order, tickets booked. I think this is actually going to happen, but but I'm not fully fully believing it. And just to give you a brief kind of glimpse of of my trip or my journey to to this competition, it was a number of years ago. Maybe sure, I don't even remember. It must have been. I would think 12, 13 years ago, because I think it was the year before I got married, that I competed in, in a tournament which might have been the first settlers tournament in South Africa in Joburg. And I know it didn't have the prize of flying overseas to the nationals. But I remember there were four rounds and I won three of them and made it to the final table. And then there was some discrepancy because they wanted to bring in a fifth person to the table. So it went on wins and then points. And so they brought in a fifth person to the table. And I had won one more game than I think everyone else to get there. And then we played this game and it got to this point where I was one roll of the dice away from winning the whole tournament. And you can tell where the story is going, but um, one of the parts of Catan is that if you are missing a certain resource, you can trade four of any resource to get that resource. And so I had a lot of cards in my hand. I had everything I needed to trade to build that final settlement to win the game. And the only thing I needed not to throw was a seven, because if you throw a seven, you have if you have more than seven cards, you have to lose half your cards. 
We all know where this is going. Literally, the only number I needed not to throw with two dice was a seven, and I threw a seven, had to give away my cards. I still, I think I needed a sheep, and I had one person that I knew had a, steep, a sheep, and you get an opportunity to have a steal of that person. I think they had five cards, so it was, again, like a one in five chance. Stole, didn't get it, came around, lady won the tournament, and ended up winning having won, I think, two less games than me and was also the wife of the organizer of the tournament. So I felt super, super hard done by. And then a few years later, um, this is probably five years ago, I think, um, before the whole pandemic vibe happened, I, I was up in Joburg and that's the thing. This normally takes place in Joburg. And I happened to be up in Joburg for something else. The tournament was happening, entered. I was second going into the quarterfinals. I was second in terms of points. So again, I won two or three of the games. And then I was un lucky in terms of coming up against a couple so like boyfriend girlfriend couple who ganged up against me and then somehow I managed to piss off the other girls I literally had three people ganging up against me and there was like literally nothing I could do they just put the rob on me the whole time they were stealing my resources and kind of hands tied from the beginning so I was pretty annoyed with that Um, Patrick who won that tournament um, he invited me to be part of the team that trained him for the Catan tournament that he flew off to do and so I was able to spend a number of games um, just sitting with him and giving giving ideas and giving advice and stuff and so that felt like the closest I was ever going to get and then suddenly I think it was quite late that I heard oh this year the Nationals are going to be in Cape Town and it was like okay cool cool I've got to go do that not believing because of that luck factor like I think I'm really good at Catan I know that I can win but you really need a few things to go your way as it did in this in this tournament and so went to the tournament the first game very unlucky with some trades that happened um, we had we had somebody who was at the tournament because her sister was there so she wasn't a big Catan player and she was playing and so just like oh you want five of my cards for one of yours sure let's like all these random trades that hopefully um, you won't see at the the world Catan games who knows but but one of the key things is is kind of that political aspect and making sure that if somebody's on eight points you're not trading with them and allowing them to win but picking up those kind of things is when the competition probably can get a little bit tighter Um, and so I I came second or third in that game but I had seven points which is enough points to maybe make it but I knew I had to win the next two games and then the second game I got very lucky in terms of placement so random placement the people that were first in that game just because of how the board was designed had a huge advantage but also one with a big gap of points which brought me back into consideration and so going into the final I think I was third on the board top four people went through and then it's like cool I've got a 25% chance of flying to Malta and I thought I'd be a bit more stressed because I don't I don't handle competition really well in terms of nerves and things like that or big moments um but the actual competition was fine like it was it was great um one of the players cut somebody off there's a race for a, a path and if you get cut off that can really hamper your game um Corinne who was cut off actually ended up still coming second and so I think if she had had made that first been able to make that first one she would have really really been a challenge but but that felt for me like it took two people out a little bit and so it just became between me and one other person and so there was that sense of I've got a 50% chance of doing this and then I knew what victory point cards I had that people don't see what you have hidden and dice throws go in your favor and I think on the last 
move that I made. We're playing to 10 points. You start with two points. So you're literally playing a game to win eight points. And on my last move, I think I did something that got me either four or five points, which is a way that I like to win, like kind of coming from the shadows rather than running out ahead and having everyone kind of pick on you and attack you. And and so that was all kind of, I don't know if it was surreal. It just was like, yeah, yeah, this is good. And then we were out in Mullerton, Durbanville, somewhere. Um, and I went and sat in my car and I was messaging a few people. And then I just realized that I was like shaking. And it was it kind of like all hit me afterwards. And it was like, no, this is a big deal. Like, um, And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm still only like maybe 70% believing it now. But it was interesting to note that my whole body like just visibly reacted. And I think because this was a bucket list item, this is something that's never going to happen to me. Like I'd love to compete in the World Catan Championships. The only two South Africans I know that have gone through have come kind of 40th place or whatever. And so it's like, this is a chance to to really put us on the map. Um, I, I don't I don't really have a, a low bar. Like I don't want to just beat those guys. I want to go home. I mean, I want to go there and win Catan and come back and, and, and let South Africa be on the map for that. So that's really what I'm aiming at. But it does... It does take a certain amount of luck. Um, you can have, I remember in the first game, I had two things on four and literally four didn't happen the whole game. And that can really hamstring you. And you can have the best placements, but the dice don't don't play with you. And um, so going over, there's this expectation and hope, but this realization that to win the Catan World Champs, you, you need a certain amount of luck um, to go on your way. I don't know how you feel about that aspect of it. Definitely, like, if you look at how the competitive scene is overseas, um, I mean, Singapore, as an example, had, like, I think more than 200-plus players in their their finals. Um, So, yeah, I think the competition is going to be... Uh, well, I th- yeah, oh, we would have loved to have more, but I also understand travel uh, is expensive to come down and all that. You know what I mean, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think you're in for a for quite a quite a challenge. But I think seeing and watching you play, um, I think you've got a good shot at at, at, at doing well. And um, you know, like you said, it's luck based. I mean, I've also played plenty of Catan games. Sometimes you know you get lucky on certain numbers, and other times those high probability numbers just don't roll. So you just got to work around it. But I think there's also a you know a lot of strategy to it like you said the political nature to the game i mean there's a lot of wheeling and dealing that goes on for for cards and i mean you played that monopoly card the, the time you could not have been more perfect <laughs> so so you know how the game works right so it, it really does give you the edge but yes the dice do determine a, a lot of what happens in the game but i think the more reps you get in on the game the more you understand you know the different layouts where you can need to put your settlements and when to upgrade and you know so i i've got uh, faith that you're gonna do really well so yeah i'm holding thumbs for you man excellent thanks etienne and thanks thanks for coming through it's been great chatting to you both on here but also even just behind the scenes of just hearing some of the stuff that's going on hearing your passion for board games and board game across south africa and as you said we we're looking to find as many ways as we can to get people to the tables i'd love to find spaces to be able to teach people how to play games not just Catan, but other games that i really enjoy and i really do love teaching people how to play um and and maybe the last thing like a lot of people have been asking me what what is the prize like what do you win when you win this competition and for me like that's one of the things that i think takes the pressure off because my answer to them has been actually i've already won like i won a trip to malta and there is some prize but 
compared to both kind of this this opportunity of just flying to a new country, I'm taking a few days either side just to go visit the country, um, but also this idea of, of people coming from around the world that are passionate about something that I really enjoy and the opportunity to meet people from different countries. Like those two things, I've already won this competition. Um, and so I, th I hope that takes pressure off. And, and one of the things I'm telling myself now, but I need to tell myself when I'm there, is just in, enjoy it, have fun. Like you've won this thing already. Like where you place, obviously it matters, but it doesn't really matter. Like you've won everything you could win. You've won the biggest kind of thing already. Anything else here is a bonus. Your placement is a bonus. Do well represent South Africa. But but the gift of, of flying to another country, which majority of people in our country will never have, and I've been fortunate to have a few times, but never to, to this country. And then just the, the, the incredible community that is established both in a board gaming community but just when people from different countries who are sharing a passion come together just even watching some of the videos of previous finals and just seeing the interactions between people there's just something special there in terms of connection i'm hoping to come back with having made some new friends that that will be friends for life i'm sure and so that that for me feels yeah it feels like a gratitude thing but it also feels like a pressure reliever because that is the prize and and yes there is some prize for for winning the whole competition i don't even know what it is because it feels like that matters less than than what i've already got so i want to say thanks to you i want to also give a shout out to Roz hair studio Roz is my hair lady and um she is sponsoring me for this competition and i've done a rather i don't know if it's dangerous or um exciting or um what's the word inspirational thing of um she is going to choose the the style and the colors um but we're going to go bright and neon and there'll probably be some blue and green but i really wanted to kind of go to Catan like land there and as a presence like in some ways you want to be low-key um but i think the weird guy with the colors are probably somebody that you'll find easy to dismiss and and not think too much of and so that might be a different way to slip under the radar but we'll see how it goes um so Roz hair studios come on there i've been chatting to some other people trying to get other sponsorships and just just to kind of invite people into the story and and how can we um so i'm going to try get i'm trying to get someone to do my nails as well because i think that would be rather rad um and i've been chatting to some chocolate people just all the people if you if you want to sponsor me just get a hold of me because um this is a journey and we're going to be I'll, i will be documenting it i will be um tagging solar pop along the way and we're going to find a way to bring the story to people so that you can follow and and see where this goes um but etienne it's been amazing um thanks for this conversation chris thank you and shed studios for for putting this together for allowing us to come and have this conversation with you and just to remind you that if, if you want to follow the journey you can follow me at Brett fish a on twitter or instagram and obviously subscribe to the podcast the new season is dropping november 7th there are some incredible episodes coming your way and i'm really looking forward to sharing those with you and as i said i love to teach the game so if you in cape town get hold of me and and ask me get hold of solar pop ask them where these events are where um, they can come to buy games and find games but also follow us on all on social media and you can you can see what's happening and see how you can get involved and so yeah. one last final word from Etienne. yeah no thank you so much for for inviting us and best of luck and yeah just all the best with the trip and everything else and and i hope you do really well and yeah for any information uh we also have a, a site called unplug yourself or uh yeah so un unplug yourself.co.za here we go uh so yeah if you want any information around board gaming events and activities and everything else uh, you can also check it out there but yeah good luck and go kick some ass for us
Thanks so much. This has been Out of the Fishbowl and the Settling of Catan.